You are tuned in to Down Goes Frazier, where you can catch the latest news and interviews in all of combat sports, ranging from MMA, boxing, pro wrestling, and more. And I'm your host, Jason Frazier, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Jeremy Johnson. How's everything going? You know, I am doing great, Jason. I also want to take this time that some of the fans may not know that this past week was your birthday. And um, we had a great time, went out, had a couple of cocktails. I was very proud of you for your, your drinking prowess. But uh, I just wanted to wish you a formal happy birthday here on the show. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I had a good birthday. I, I appreciate the uh, the shots that you or not, the shots we did not do because I, I said I probably can't do but the drinks you provided. Um, I will not tell you if I made it all the way to uh, being drunk stats. I think I still was teetering. I still think I was in the middle. I was feeling great, but I didn't get to that whole, like, someone please carry me out of here status. So I think I was good. I think you did real well. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I, I was able to take a, to take those drinks like a champ. I don't get I don't do as much now. It was funny. My friend's girlfriend came, and they've only known Dad Jason. That's what I was referred to as Dad Jason. He doesn't. He drinks. He goes out. And uh, people back in the day would probably be, and people who knew me back in my twenties would probably be like, "What? That dude never stayed. He's always out here. He used to shut down Harry's in St. Louis on a regular basis." Um, but so yeah, it, it was it was kind of a partial return, but not all the way. You know, I had to find a middle ground there. Well, I think I think you did well at it. And uh, you know, speaking of returns. You know, there is some some big pro wrestling news here coming up with, um, I'm not going to call him my nemesis because I, I want to try to squash the beast today, but who do we have on the show, Jason? We got Ian Riccoboni on the show today. Uh, ROH, play-by-play, you you may remember uh, back probably a few years ago uh, when we were doing the Down Goes Frazier Awards, and before you were a co-host, or before you were a host of the show, uh, Ian... And you and Ian were up in the running for best reoccurring guest because back then you pretty much could have been a co- you were on the show quite enough where you could have been a co-host. And uh, sure. Ian edged you out. He, he edged you out, but you were winning until you oh. poked the bear. You poked the pro wrestling bear, and then they came out and unleashed on you. I did. I, I mean, I really did. Let's be honest. That's <laughs> where the hashtag no fake fighting started, and it just went real south real fast to the point that i mean i had people from multiple states ready to kick my ass it was amazing um and so i'm hoping today that ian forgives me because i am ready to drop the beef because i want to be able to you know you've told me all these times that i couldn't ever go to a ring of honor event and well i'm hoping at some point in time i can do that we're hoping. I'm hoping so too. We can get you down. Hopefully, we can get the whole picture of you and Ian together and shaking hands. So we'll try to make that make that road smooth over today. When since they're going to be, you know, I'll let Ian tell us more about the announcement. But I uh, I think they're going to be doing live events again soon, just like a lot of other combat sports. And um, as our, you know, we mentioned, and I know you're very excited about Shamrock FC coming back June 25th, 26th with a live event. So that'll be happening and. Uh, you know, a lot of other venues, WWE announced their live touring schedule. I saw some UFC with some more dates coming up. So it seems like everything is starting to look like it used to before the pandemic a little bit. Well, I'm stoked about it. I'm stoked to talk to uh, Ian. So uh, let's get to it. 
We're going to keep things moving here along on Down Goes Frazier, and we have a very familiar guest with us coming back on the show now, Jeremy. Some, a guest I haven't had a chance to talk to in quite some time because I know he's been pretty busy uh, helping Ring of Honor navigate during the pandemic with his duties as play-by-play and kind of in that atmosphere. It's a guest that, you know, you guys have some history, but I don't think you guys have ever talked to one another. So this is going to be also interesting on this side, too. Well, I mean, let's come on. Let's be honest. It, it was all in good fun back in the day. And he beat me fair and square. The wrestling world turned out for him. Um, I give him a lot of props for that. So Ian Riccoboni joining us. Ian, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you both doing? Doing, doing well, and I just, you know, I always like to tease Jeremy about that time, but I also am also thankful about that time when you guys were running for the Down Goes Frazier Guest of the Year, and now Jeremy's been the coast, but, like, you got the Boo Meanie to retweet the podcast, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I mean, the whole interaction was a win for me. Jason, you came out on top out of the whole exchange, even though I may have, I may have won the battle. I think Jason won the war. <laughs> I, I think you're right. Absolutely that uh, he won that. Now, it was so crazy because I, uh, I was driving to go on vacation. All of a sudden, my Twitter's going crazy. And I'm like, well, <laughs> evidently we did something right because this is amazing. So, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Let's be real honest. Absolutely. Ian, I just, you know, I just got to, you know, with – when this happened last year, about this time, you know, around May, a couple months before, when the pandemic first was announced, I think it was moving into, you know, everything shutting down, including, you know, Rain and touring around the country. How has this time period been for you as a, as a play-by-play announcer? Because you guys are still doing shows. You're still doing things. I know you, we'll talk a little bit later about things coming back for you guys with fans coming back and how that looks. But just what has this time period been? What's been like the biggest learning lessons for you during this time period? Yeah, it's been, it, this is going to sound crazy. Um, I think part of it's because I'm super thankful that, you know, my family's been safe. My extended family's been pretty safe and we've navigated it through pretty well. Um, you know, we are starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, really fortunate to be in an area where the, you know, the, the cases have gone way down. And I think a lot of people are excited about the vaccine and, and have had those discussions with their doctors and whatnot. So, you know, we're really pumped about that. So I've, I've been able to focus on things like, you know, being a dad and, and play by play and things like that. And what's really been interesting for me in Ring of Honor is we've kind of completely torn down the previous mold and, and sort of rebuilt. And a lot of people, I think, wanted us to, to do that in January of 2019, following the, the departure of a lot of the guys you see in AEW. And I think that we as a company thought we had to you know preserve momentum and head toward madison square garden of april of that year with as as much as we could as much firepower as we could um you know and and there are there's fruits of that labor that we started in, in january 2019 that are starting to bear right now uh, guys like bandito and tracy williams have become some of our biggest stars uh we've got dragon lee on a more regular basis he's full-time for us at ring of honor so that's awesome and so you know the the reboot, you know, we took a few months off. We showed best of compilations on uh, the weekly television series for about three months. And we came back with the Pure Tournament. And the Pure Tournament uh, is very akin to uh, just pure chain wrestling. Uh, strikes to the face are 
are not permitted, at least closed fists are not. Um, you can only use three rope breaks to escape pins or submissions. And there's a, uh, a very strict set of rules in addition to that, which means that when you see two individuals wrestle, um, you will see them wrestle. And there's guaranteed to be a winner because if it goes to the time limit, then, then the judges get involved. And so those style of matches were around in Ring of Honor since 2004. And in 2004, 2006, some of the best in the world held the original version of the pure title, including, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking of Samoa Joe, Jay Lethal, uh, guys like Doug Williams, John Walters, guys who are very specifically meant for that style. And for me, during the pandemic, the pure division has become something that's set Ring of Honor apart from other organizations. And it really allowed me to focus on the action because, you know, a lot of times if you watch uh, the, the program on Monday night, um, if you watch the program on Wednesday night, uh, it's story driven and, you know, it, the stories are great when they help you get excited or anticipate a match. But with the pure match, the match is the story. So you can see two wrestlers that you've never seen before and quickly know and understand why they're fighting and what they're fighting for. So that gives us a lot of opportunity to introduce new talent just by virtue of, of that style of match. Secondly, you know, it's been great to see just to see new new folks and to see old friends again um, during the pandemic. Ring of Honor's taken it incredibly seriously. We we've instituted a bubble protocol in association with the state of Maryland's athletic commission where we are brought in sometimes a few days early. It's been relaxed to one day early uh, with some advancements and, and decrease in COVID cases where, you know, they, they give us the the long-form COVID test a uh, week before we arrive. They give us another one when we arrive. They give us a rapid test the days of the events. And uh, if you test positive, you're sent home. And, uh, you know, that's that's prevented the spread of COVID. You know, there's been unfortunate situations where somebody did test positive ahead of the tapings. And thank goodness, you know, they, they recovered fully, uh, but they weren't able or permitted to attend the taping. And that, that helped the entire group healthy because... In addition to the 40 or 50 wrestlers that are at each taping, we have over 100 uh, personnel that help with our stage and our lighting and our filming and um, all the equipment, the the load in, the load out, etc. So it's a big crew, <laughs> and uh, it's always nice to see everybody. That's been one of the perks. It makes you appreciate what you have, uh, you know, week to week or biweekly when we're on the road, even just a little bit more. So. When it comes time now that you're going to get back on the road and the introduction of fans, what has it been like, though, to to call and to hype up the action without the fans? I know that whenever I'm MMA, it, it's always you get the pump of the crowd behind you, and it, it, it fires you up not only that. How do you find you know the, the motivation to be pumped to, to, to call the play-by-play like that? Yeah, for me it's weirder. Uh, it's weird because I get more intense in the quiet environment. Um, I think there's there's almost like an unspoken expectation for me. Uh, you know, I have I have direct orders from our executive producer to be to be louder and actually to talk more to try and fill in some of the space. But it for me, um, you know, I if you leave a if you leave a gap in a conversation or a, a pregnant pause, I will try and fill it in. <laughs> I'm that type of person. So. You know, for me, it's just it's spurred this weird natural reaction. And what's really helped is is Caprice Coleman and I have become, you know, really good friends over the last year and a half. And 
you know, Caprice had big shoes to fill uh, in terms of Colt Cabana leaving. And Colt was somebody that no matter what role you put him in, whether broadcaster or wrestler, specifically with the Ring of Honor lineage and ties, he's someone that's always going to be welcome and beloved by the Ring of Honor fans. You know, not many people realize Caprice's first Ring of Honor match was 2004. And so Caprice also has the same sort of ties that Colt does. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've just been super thrilled with how the, the fans have taken to Caprice. He's getting the rightful praise he deserves as an analyst. But that friendship that he and I have formed uh, has made that easier. Um, if I was with someone brand new or if I was with somebody that wasn't Caprice or Colt, uh, I don't know that it would have worked out as well because, you know, both Caprice and I, we, we seem to have a natural chemistry with one another. Uh, we're having fun before the, the events start. He and I have our own locker room due to the protocol in Maryland, and we're blasting hip-hop. We're blasting Smokey Robinson. We're blasting uh, – we had Nelly on <laughs> the other day. And, you know, we're just having a good time, and we're having fun. We like a lot of the same music. Um, you know, we talk about our kids, and uh, he's so proud of his son, Chase, and – you know, we just, we have a good time and we've made that connection and that helps fill the space too. And so, you know, at first I was nervous. The biggest thing for me was, well, what are the wrestlers going to think? Cause I, you can, I've taken my headset off or I've moved one ear over and I am loud. <laughs> I'm very loud when I call right. these events. Um, I don't hold back. And, uh, you know, I asked, I asked David Finley and Rocky Romero. That was the first match we filmed in the bubble on the very first bubble. And they said, no, you were not a distraction. Go for it. It added some enthusiasm and some, some energy to them. And so then I asked Jay Lethal uh, and Dalton Castle, who were the next match we taped. They said something similar. So from then on, I knew just don't hold back and just let loose and, uh, and make, the, make the environment an advantage. You know, use that empty space to an advantage to talk more and to fill in those pregnant pauses like my instincts uh, always always suggest. And uh, I, like I said, I just imagine, you, like you said, building that rapport with Caprice Coleman during this time has definitely been helpful. I know you also have been able to build some more rapport, it seems like, with uh, Carrie Silken, the ROH founder. You guys have a podcast together that you guys just started, too. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, thank you so much for asking. Um, Carrie has always wanted to tell his story. Carrie's one of the most interesting people I've ever met, and he took a long road to get where he is now. He's incredibly successful, um, drives a nice car, has a nice house. Uh, you know, he has amazing wrestling memorabilia. You know, the rest, these one-of-a-kind posters from the 40s, 50s, and 60s uh, for these big Madison Square Garden events in his house. And um, you know, it took a it took a long winding road to get to that success, though. And He's along the way, uh, you know, made some mistakes and, and missteps, and he's ready to kind of tell the world about it. And some of them are super lighthearted and they're fun. Others, you know, Carrie's, you know, willing to share his vulnerabilities about the lowest of lows, you know, after hours clubs in New York City where he's doing unconscionable things at seven in the morning um, because he's been up all night from the day before. And, you know, somebody has to tell him he can't he can't stay where he's at, but he's in such a haze, you know, that he just wants to stay and party. And, you know, to see a guy that is willing to be vulnerable enough and to share his stories of recovery from addiction, um, you know, recovering from the idea that 
he he disappointed his parents in some way, but made amends at the end of their life and was able to take care of them. Um, you know, it's it's part it's part inspiring, it's part fun. Um, I've just been thankful that Carrie's been sharing these stories. And again, you know, we met through Ring of Honor, but I think the most interesting parts of Carrie's life aren't from Ring of Honor. I think it's you know learning how to hustle tickets, learning how to make money on the streets. Um, you know, navigating uh, the 1980s in New York as somebody that, uh, you know, loves wrestling, loves concerts, but uh, can't keep a job. Um, you know, there's just all these amazing things. Uh, when he got hoodwinked at a Dunkin' Donuts and, <laughs> and had all, you know, all his money had 500 bucks cash just stolen from him. Uh, you know, and the highs, the highs and lows of life uh, make the... Uh, make the the big achievements like being able to walk down the aisle at Madison Square Garden knowing that you know he had hit a huge hand in starting a company that uh, ended up where it is that's what makes the journey worth it I just remember being like so, you mentioned that whole thing with MSG and being back there and he was there I just remember he was beaming you could just tell that that was like a huge moment for him when you guys had that show there during um, the, the huge weekend in April it seems so like last year but I guess a couple years ago now yeah, he, I mean, as a, as a kid, he got to go to the original Madison Square Garden once, which was about 15 blocks up the road. Um, they knocked that down. They put in the new Madison Square Garden at 71 or 72, I think. And uh, he got to see his first event. He saw Pedro Morales defend the, the WWF title at the, uh, at the new garden, the current garden. And um, so the garden's always been super important to him. That's where the, uh, that's, you know, that's where he would sell his concert tickets, his sports tickets. He'd hustle the wrestling tickets. Um, that's where he skipped the gate. He he bought one ticket for WrestleMania one, and slipped the uh, the gate attendant an extra twenty, and had uh, had him look the other way so he and his friend could go in together. And then they sat in the aisle during <laughs> the event. And uh, you know, he's just Madison Square Garden is uh, immensely important to carry, and that's. You know, Last Stop Penn Station, that's the title of the of the podcast. It's in reference to the, the PATH train, and the last stop on the PATH train is Penn Station, which is what you would take to get to Madison Square Garden. And so Penn Station is where all the uh, the ticket hustlers, the, you know, carries words, the lowlifes, the drunks, they would all hang out, and they would all kind of determine, you know, what their work for the day was going to be, whether that's selling tickets, whether that was – uh, consuming illegal things and, uh, you know, just the, the lifestyle he led during the 70s and 80s. And uh, that's a, a period on in his life that I, I feel like he's proud that is behind him. Uh, and, and it took a while and it wasn't a straight line, but it uh, it's something that I think he looks back with pride that he was able to uh, to escape that and to turn it into something productive like Ring of Honor. Very, very cool. So talk to me, though, about kind of what is it like for you now to make the jump from, you know, the play-by-play, the live, to then going into the podcast world, which, you know, it can be a very different animal. Um, what has it been like the jump for you? Yeah, it's been it's been pretty neat. Um, what I've learned, I for wrestling, I do all the prep work for Caprice and I. Um, and Caprice is really good. You know, I it's like if somebody it's like a coloring book if i drew the the sketch caprice is really good at just taking the taking the markers and adding color and adding shadow and adding 
um, adding vibrance to it. Um, with Carrie and I, really, he tells me what he'd like to talk about. All right, I'm talking about uh, talking about the uh, you know the adult bookstore on 43rd Street that's not there anymore. Okay, <laughs> let's what, what about it? <laughs> and uh, we jump into it, and you know, I'll ask him some basic questions, and uh, I just kind of give my natural reactions to things. And it's odd for me because I'm so used to being, you know, having pages and pages of notes and prep work. And, you know, this guy defeated this guy, and that's why this match is happening. And this guy's 7-2-1 and one in tag team matches. He's never teamed with his partner before. You know, having all of that detail, um, you know, but the podcast is so refreshing because it just feels like I'm sitting with a friend and finding out something new and interesting that day. And so I just show up to Carrie's house. We hit record. Um, he usually tells me two or three things that, you know, hey, make sure I get to this, you know, within an hour. And if I don't, <laughs> you know, steer me that way. And so like I said definitely check out the podcast. I know I saw on Twitter that you guys have Bushwhacker Luke coming up, I think, this week. Yeah, Bushwhacker Luke took Carrie under his wing in Puerto Rico. Carrie used to run a, a wrestling magazine in Puerto Rico, and Bushwhacker Luke was the matchmaker there for – Oh, geez, 15 years, maybe 20 years. And Luke was the one responsible for bringing Abdul the Butcher in to team with Carlos Colon against Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen. Um, you know, Luke was the one. If you like anything from Puerto Rico from about 82 to 2002, there's a good chance Bushwhacker Luke was the man responsible for it. Um, even at times when he was in WWF or whatnot, he was still helping helping run the Puerto Rico territory. And so that podcast, you know, he took Carrie under his wing, helped Carrie get the Puerto Rico wrestling magazine started in the early 2000s. Um, that podcast is a lot of fun. There's really amazing Andre the Giant stories that I've never heard before. Luke met him first in New Zealand and then worked with him in Montreal. I won't spoil it, but um, if you want to hear something new you haven't heard about Andre before, take a listen to that. Uh, some good stories about Dino Bravo in Montreal. And there's a really funny clip that's been circulating a lot from WrestleMania 5. Uh, Jacques Rougeau has Luke up for a big body slam, and uh, Luke reaches down and grabs something that you wouldn't, uh, that maybe in a street fight you'd grab to get out of the holes, <laughs> but not in a uh, professional wrestling match. <laughs> and a lot of people have noticed this for the first time 30 years later. So uh, we talk about that as well. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it, Bush records were always my favorite, but it's kind of weird now that you, you know, Growing up as a kid, they were the guys who hope being a germaphobe that I am, and especially after we talk about pre-COVID or, you know, post-COVID era, they were the guys yeah. who, you, as a kid, you wanted to come by and lick your head. You're like, oh, I'm in the crowd. <laughs> and now, like, I would be like, hey, there's no way. Don't do not do it. Don't even think about it. So it's like, what a difference, you know, 30 years of my life makes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's wild because I remember going to an autograph signing to meet them in 98 or 99, and my mom essentially encouraged them to lick my head. I was 12 or 13 years old. <laughs> uh, I was like, now, now, now in a COVID world, you can't do that anymore. That gimmick is I, the, the, a lot of things are gone out the window. But, you know, talking about, you know, the kind of the moving to kind of this post, you know, hopefully post COVID era, July 11th, Baltimore, yeah. big day for Ring of Honor. We're coming back with a live crowd. The world title will be on the line. I understand the TV and the tag and the six-man titles will be on the line. Um, you know, that'll get cleared up on Ring of Honor TV. You'll know who's competing in those matches soon. 
But we also know that the fans are back and we had a really strong first day of ticket sales, um, you know, for the honor club pre-sale people are excited and, and motivated to get out of the house and do something. You know, the good news about ring of honor, you can trust that we're, we're being safe. You know, that's one of the hallmarks of, of what we've done during the pandemic is trying to do the best we can in the environment we're given. So the state of Maryland's been working with us. We have a pod seating situation. It is indoors. That's why there's a few more restrictions than normal. I believe masks are still required. Again, that's at the request of the state of Maryland. Uh, but you can get a pod with up to six of your friends or up to five more of your friends for six total people and come out and enjoy some great wrestling. And, you know, the last show we had was in St. Charles, was in Missouri. And, uh, you know, we were super pumped. That was the highest attendance we ever had for, for Missouri and Ring of Honor history. Um, we had a great event. Roosh won the belt that night. He won the world title. And, uh, you know, we were super excited going into the anniversary that year in 2020. Unfortunately, uh, you know, COVID was derailed, and that's the last time we saw any of uh, any of our fans live in person. So I'm super pumped because we have people flying in from from Missouri, we have people flying in from Florida. Uh, we, you know, somebody from Honor Club hit me up from Seattle that's flying in. Um, you know, we're seeing the the rates of COVID go down. We're seeing uh, some of the masks mandates and things being lifted. If you know you're vaccinated in certain states. Um, it's just a time of hope right now, and I think this is the first step. And you know, I'm, I'm going to spoil something right now. We have other dates planned and that are about to be announced. So this is not just a, hey, let's run one and see how it goes. This is the first of a of a deliberate plan to bring fans back to the arena. Man, the, the great news there. Um, Absolutely. Here's a question for you. I know we talk about kind of a two-parter. You know, how do you, how excited are you about that? But also, just getting you know, because I know part of your prep work is talking to the wrestlers and getting ready for those shows. So I know you've heard from the guys and heard with their guys and girls of Ring of Honor. Kind of what's the what's the feeling? What's the overall like excitement level going back about July 11th? Oh, thrilled! It everybody's everybody's over the moon. Um, what was interesting was during our last TV taping, it's a number of the episodes ahead of Best in the World. So on commentary, Caprice and I were told to promote. We were told July 11th, Best in the World, Baltimore, Maryland, Honor Club. And we were, you know, and Caprice at one point yelled, and there's going to be fans, Rick Cabani. And I, <laughs> I won't say who it was, uh, but they came up to us after the match at, and they said, we're, we're getting fans back because they told Caprice and I before they told the group so that we could start to promote it. And so suddenly word started to spread real quick <laughs> that, Hey, we're getting fans. Did you hear Rick Abani? Did you hear Caprice? They're saying the fans are coming back. And so they started asking around and sure enough, our, um, you know, our leadership team and our executive producers like, yep, you know, fans are coming back July 11th and people are thrilled. I mean, there's a, there's something to be said to be able to wrestle in the environment and to play the hand that, that we were dealt. And there's some, most of our wrestlers were incredible at it. Um, but some of them, I think it's, it's going to get that extra gear. I think it's going to get that extra adrenaline. And I'm excited to see the wrestlers that were already at a nine, you know, nine out of 10 in this crazy, weird, silent environment where it's just me and Caprice yelling um, I'm excited to see what happens when there's 200 people, when there's 300, 400, 500. 
Um, you know, we don't know what the attendance is going to look like, but I can tell you that we had a really, really strong first day of ticket sales. And so even with the tickets we sold on day one of the pre-sale, uh, I mean, that's enough to get anybody's adrenaline going. So I hope we sell the pods out. I hope that, you know, I hope they're there. I hope they do the streamers. You know, the streamers are a huge part of, of the Japanese tradition from Antonio Noki's group, uh, you know, from the JWA days all the way through New Japan. Uh, I hope that continues. And there are guys in our locker room that haven't experienced that ever. Chris Dickinson, who's been huge on New Japan, who's New Japan Strong, has come to us. Homicide, who's coming back, who hasn't had the streamers thrown at him in 14 years. Um, Tony Deppin, the TV champ, uh, who's never got to experience that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how a guy like Brian Johnson, who's our biggest antagonist, who trash talks everybody. I have a feeling when the crowds come back out, I think some people like his trash talk. I think some people <laughs> like that he's kind of uh, kind of ignorant and kind of, you know, is a loud mouth. And I, I have a feeling he'll get the streamer treatment. So I'm just excited to see what that looks like. You know, Jonathan Gresham, I think, has been our MVP through all of this. He's been the pure champ. Um, at the time, you know, the first bubble taping, he was the guy that put the company on his back. Him and Tracy Williams uh, wrestled four matches in two days, four of the best matches that I've seen each. And, you know, I'm excited to see what kind of reception they get. Um, and I'm hoping they're treated like heroes because they had an unenviable task over the last, you know, 14 or 15 months. And um, they've really been the lifeblood of, of Ring of Honor, the company going. Yeah, Gresham has definitely been putting on some stellar matches there. And uh, like I said, you have a lot of guys in that roster. I think you mentioned Roosh. You mentioned uh, Bandino. One guy I can't – it was a, f- a personal favorite of mine, a personal favorite of this show too, is Shane Taylor, who's also yeah. done, some, done some very strong work during this time period too. So great to see all those guys get back out there in front of a live crowd and start getting on the road. So excited for you and everybody else at Ring of Honor. Absolutely. And you mentioned Shane. I, I mean, he's a guy – you know, there's a list of, I think, 13 or 14 guys that have been in every taping. Shane's, Shane and, and Shane Taylor Promotions and SOS are, are three of those guys. Um, you know, they've been, they've been speaking truth to power over the last couple of years. And it's going to be really exciting to see the fans react to them. And this is the first time where they are clearly fan favorites. And they are clearly in the right with their message they always have been but they i think they've persuaded the fans at this point so it's always cool to see how the fans react to somebody that is now firmly in their corner and they're firmly in their corner and to me that's super super intriguing you know what are the streamers going to look like for shane taylor and shane taylor promotions when he comes out because here's a guy that upped his stock by a hundredfold during the pandemic and everything he said he was going to do, he did. And I'm proud of him. And he's a guy that I can see the next one on a world champion at some point. And just incredible. And uh, that anticipation for me, I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most, is when our fans see their favorites for the first time. And we got we have some new faces and we have some new talent. But we also got guys like Shane who've been grinding for the last couple of years that deserve this moment. And I hope, I hope he gets a hero's reception. Hope so. um, I'm stoked to see it personally. I, I really am. And so with that though, Ian, I got to ask you something because now with the fans coming back and more live events, Jason at one point in time told me that I couldn't go to a ring of honor event. 
that it probably wouldn't be good. <laughs> are are we to the point now, Ian, that you think that number one, the beef is squashed, and number two, <laughs> would the fans be accepting of me? <laughs> I think I think the beef is squashed. That's I'll, I'll say the, the beef is squashed. Uh, the fans will see. You know, I, I can't speak for myself. <laughs> see, I, I told you, Jeremy. I said you might you you got a little bit more to go to uh, smooth it over with the wrestling fans. Um, you know, I can only help you so much. You know, uh, on that end. That's fair. So, uh, but Ian, before we let you go, got gotta ask you this question because you're one of the few guys. Whenever you come on, I get to talk to you about some other sports too, as well. And it's NBA playoff time. I know. You're a diehard Sixers fan. How do you like your chances this year to, uh, I guess, one, get to the finals, two, win the whole thing? Yeah, it's a crazy year. Um, I haven't been this optimistic since the Jimmy Butler year, but I think this team is more complete. Um, they've added a lot of three-point shooting. They, you know, Danny Green and Seth Curry make this team more dangerous because it gives a little bit more space to Embiid. It allows Simmons to do what he does best, which is drive the ball and kick it out. And, I mean, the other day, Ben Simmons, you know, tied the, the Sixers playoff record with 16 assists. And so he's – and that was on a day where Danny Green was ice cold for the entire first half, where Seth Curry didn't make a three-pointer until midway through the third quarter. Um, you know, and Simmons still had that kind of day. I think the road is super favorable for them to get to the finals. I think there's going to be a dogfight between Milwaukee and Brooklyn, and I think Philadelphia can put away. I think Washington's tough. Don't get me wrong. I think these games are going to, you know, if, if I'm I'm not a betting man, but I would I would take Washington on the points. But I think the Sixers will sweep. You know, that's how good I think Washington is. I think the Sixers are going to squeak by these next three games, and it's going to be a it's going to be a sweep on paper, but it's going to be a close sweep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think you know Philadelphia. I think they match up extremely favorably with Atlanta. I, I don't think Atlanta, you know, I'm rooting for Atlanta to win that series because I like I like Philly in, in four. Um, I think the Knicks can take him to six or seven. I think the Knicks have the size and, and can bang them around a little bit. Um, but I, they're they're getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think it's a question for me. Um, and I think they're beating Milwaukee. I'm a little scared of Brooklyn, uh, but Brooklyn hasn't really played together. And, um, then, you know, this year's Boston team isn't the Boston teams of the years past. So I don't know if that's a good measuring stick. You know, I think, I think I'm hope I'm rooting for seven games between Milwaukee and Brooklyn and a lot of rest for Embiid <laughs> <laughs> and then trying to pick those bones. Um, the only team in the West that scares me is, you know, is, is Denver. Um, Aaron Gordon was an amazing acquisition, not for anything he adds on offense, but, the way he's shut down Damian Lillard the other night, I mean, if you have a guy who's six nine or six ten that can that can switch off to the point guard, that, that's ridiculous. I mean, the Sixers have that in, in Simmons, but I never knew Aaron Gordon was that kind of player, and that was a shut down, lockdown performance. So, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Denver or Phoenix coming out of the West, and I don't want to jinx it, but I love the Sixers. I think they're they're going to make uh, it's going to be a hard sweep against the Wizards. I think it's going to be four or five point games, maybe three point games. I think they're going to, you know, squeak by New York, although I'm rooting for Atlanta because I think that's a, a better matchup. And uh, I think they'll, I'm going to say they're going to beat Milwaukee at six and they're going to clinch in Milwaukee. And then 
if it's uh, if it's Phoenix, Aiton Aiton's tough in the in the middle against Embiid, um, but I think the Sixers have the firepower to keep up with them. Uh, if it's Denver, uh, I'm just excited to see Jokic versus Embiid. So I like watching the big men. So I'm rooting for Embiid Embiid versus Jokic or Embiid versus Aiton. I can my, my DraftKings likes to agree with you a lot of these things, but I got uh, loaded up there, so I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Um, I got the Sixers going to the finals, but I, I don't want to tell you I have winning. I don't have the Sixers. Okay. I don't have the Sixers. Oh. I don't have them winning, but I got them. I got them getting there. I, but I need that Nixon. I need that Nixon Sixers series, though. I need that that the Garden. Yeah. The going back and forth between the Garden and Philly is going to be that's an electric atmosphere. I think we all want to see during this time. And I'll, I saw an interesting stat: if the Sixers get to the finals, and if they play Washington, the Knicks, and Brooklyn, they will have not needed to get on a plane for two months. That so, bad. I mean, that's that's underrated. I mean, you're getting to sleep in your own bed most nights. You're getting to travel by bus, getting into hotel early. You don't got to worry about the rigmarole. I mean, as someone who's traveled a lot, that adds up. And if you can go two months without ever needing to get on a plane, <laughs> that could be a, a good thing. And I know you don't want the Sixers to travel a lot, but we're hoping that you and Ring of Honor will be traveling a lot here coming up here soon. I know starting with July 11th in Baltimore. Ian, it's always a pleasure talking to you because we can cover so much ground with you, and I know there's a lot of things we can cover. Glad we can finally get the the, the official fence mending between you and Jeremy Johnson here and down goes Frazier. <laughs> so this has been I feel like this has been a, a full episode for us today. We've accomplished wow. a lot of ground. We did. Thank I, you so much, Jason and Jeremy. Good stuff with Ian today. It looks like you'll be permitted back into ROH venues, Jeremy. So it looks like we can make a road trip of this. I'm I'm free. I, I have such a weight lifted off of me, Jason. It's amazing. Um, I am kind of interested to see how fans will take me, but you know, I think that they will uh, they will see that the hatchet has been buried, the beef has been squashed, and they will take me in as one of their own now. Yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, we, we squash it with Ian. Ian is good. Fans, that's a wait and see. We might want to bring you a couple of security guards or security people around you, just in case. Just, just in case. You know, you never know. Um, especially if you're going to the Northeast, because you you made Ian mad at the time. You still didn't smooth things over with the the blue meanie up in that. So you still got some work to. We want baby steps. Well, I, but but we're getting closer. So let's just leave it at that for this episode. We are getting closer. Yeah, we're getting close. But that that's going to wrap it up for us today. And, you know, so I, I want to put a Twitter poll out there. You know, I want to throw something out there we should do, Jeremy. If you are a pro uh-huh. wrestling fan and you know Jeremy's content, comments in the past, would you be happy or not so excited to see Jeremy at a pro wrestling event? Fill out that poll and let us know. So then we can kind of see. We'll be careful. We'll get the data first before we send you to a pro wrestling event. So. That's a very fair one. All right, we will put that up on Twitter at DGF Combat Sports. Let's know: Am I allowed back in the pro wrestling uh, venues, or should I just probably stay at home? Let us know on Twitter. You'll definitely check that out. We can't wait to find those results out next week. We'll return with another episode of Down Goes Frazier.